It's time, ladies and gentlemen. Here is the podcast that is all about intellectually immature nonsense. Are a very particular set of skills. And by God, this is the BS. Uncensored. Hey, there it is, episode four of the BS Uncensored. Thanks for listening. My name is Jason Bailey. There is Nikki D. That's me. And there is Oh Nelson. Baby Man says hello. Baby Man says hello on the podcast. Surprised we were able to even get this thing up and running. Are you a little chill wills over there? Yeah, it's freezing in here. It's always freezing in here. You guys are so hot natured. That's right. Holy. Call me all the hot boys. Yeah. It's our boy band name. The Hot Boys with a Z. Yes, with a Z. That's actually how they spell it, yeah. (laughs) Two T's and a Z. (laughs) And the H is like a flame. Yes. A flame emoji. (laughs) The Hot Boys. (gasps) Hot Boys. You know what happens when you get chilly all the time? What? Your blood's getting thin because you're getting older. No, it's cold in here, and that's why I'm chilly. If I go outside where it's warm, I feel fine. It's not cold in here. It's actually perfect temperature, but you are getting older. I was going to say that. You wouldn't know that. You wear hoodies and long sleeves every single day, so it's not cold to you. I'm wearing shorts today. When I wore a hoodie yesterday, I wasn't cold either. Yeah. Well, this is what I was going to say to you. And I think I can say this to you because we're friends, Hmm. is that you look like you're getting older. Crazy. No, and, I'm aging very much so backwards. Thank you very much. No, no, no. And let me tell you how what I mean by that. What do you mean? Is that even your wigs are turning gray. Oh. <laughs> nope, wrong. Wow. That's even though cold. I am going to wear a gray one very soon. But why? Because it's a very cute color and I want to try it. It's a trendy color. It is. Like women are dyeing their hair gray or white or whatever. Uh, and like living that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Super, super platinum, yeah. a.k.a. gray. Is that, that's, what, that's, what, that's what I call my grays, platinum. No, they're just gray. Or silver. No, wow. mine Mine are wise hairs. You have a lot of them. You have a lot of wisdom I over do. There. I do. Mm-hmm. I've grown the beard out. And I've been sitting here looking at all the wisdom you possess over there. My pores are shooting wisdom. They are. Look at that. Everywhere. <laughs> How do you like the beard? You like the beard? It looks good on you. Yeah, and the, 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 yeah. the hair thing going? Uh-huh. Me. When you're going to go that or, little a hair, I think you have to have the beard. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was told that. Uh, well, you got to trim it up. I'm I'm working on that. Okay. I'm trying to find my guards. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> my guards. It's funny you say that because just. <laughs> no, really. Serious. True story. So last night I, I was like, Rach, where's that bag that goes under the sink? Yep. And she goes, what bag? I said, it's got all my guards in it. Every guy has that bag. And it's got a collection mm-hmm. from different. Yeah, it's like six different wall razors or whatever. It's never all from one. Because, like, I have different razors for different things. Like, mm-hmm. I've the peanut, which is awesome. I've got the peanut for, you know, shaving my body. Uh-huh. And I used to shave my face with it, so I have a little scruffle. Okay. And then I got the wall. Which doesn't work as good as the peanut, Mm-mm. but it won't snag my boys. Yeah, that'll pinch the balls real quick. Right. The teeth will cut. So there is only one razor that I've ever... You know what? I've always been embarrassed to ask another man how he shaves his genitals. Because I don't think at 48 I do it properly. No, I don't either. You too? Mm-mm. I always get it. I know I'm going to get caught because I only have the, the the back and forth teeth. I don't have like a manscaper. Why don't you just near it? What are you doing? I heard it burns. It no, doesn't I, burn. You'll be fine. I've neared it before. Does it burn? Does it, did it burn you? 
No, it was fine, but it's yeah. it's, a, it's a process. You don't always get all the hairs. Oh, if wow. you just slather it on there, wait your few minutes, it'll all come off. You probably are trying to be generous and put, like, thin layers. Just slap it on. It'll come off. Let me ask you something. What? Nikki, you and Nelson, we're all very tight, but you and Nelson are really tight. Mm-hmm. He's got what some, like the doctors would call a weight problem, mm-hmm. right? So he can't reach, and yep. he's got nobody here to reach. If he, for medical reasons, mm-hmm. came to you and says, Nikki D., my closest and dearest friend here in Sacramento, <laughs> I would really like to take your advice and narrow my genitals, yep. but I can't reach them. Would you help me? This is not sexual, and if I get an erection, I'm sorry, but would you please nair my genitals? What would you say? Just because I'm extremely nosy, I would do it. I believe that. I would. Because you wanted to show me your (laughs) vagina one time. Because when you have problems like what I have, I always want people's (laughs) opinions who are, like, into health because I feel like there's something I'm missing health-wise to, like, Cure me of these lumps. That's the only reason why I was showing you. Hey, Bailey, you want to come to my room and look at my... I got these dangling balls growing on my vagina. <laughs> That's not what you I wanna said. Check, you know, the fastest way to become uninterested in a vagina? <laughs> yeah. Go look at somebody's dangling ball growths. <laughs> Your vagina balls? <laughs> no, Nikki, I'm good. I'd like to keep up. a slight barrier in our friendship. <laughs> You'd be lucky to see mine. They're great balls. Yeah, I, I I think that I think everybody thinks that way about themselves. Oh, no, these are great balls. A fire. You'll do what? Huh? Nothing. So have you seen the dude Perner? Perner? No. no. Talk yeah. to me. I talk to me, Goose. Talk to me. Tell me. Put me on. I see the ad on my social media all the time. It's called the the dude Perner mm-hmm. or the Perner. One of the two. There's a couple out there, but it's at home laser like laser treatment. I don't know if I'm ready to do at home laser. So you just you just you you know you get get them short, mm-hmm. and then you go through and you zap them. Well, God, if I got them short, then the problem's already solved at that point. It's the getting them short without cutting my bag open. Yeah, but you want it smooth, right? Yeah, like, yeah that smooth. would be perfect. You want like the porn star smooth. Yeah. Oh, just go to the salon and get waxed. In. I can That's wax another myself, but I can't reach all of it. I couldn't. I, well, one, I'd feel really uncomfortable because I'm not well endowed. Mm-hmm. So we're not a grower. I don't want to go to. Plus, it's another woman that's going to be doing this, and I would feel dirty. Yeah, it's you can be a choose woman a man. Do- no, you can choose a man. Then I'd feel dirtier. They have options. You yeah. won't feel embarrassed. There's a couple things that make you as a man feel a little bit less of a man and dirty. One, if you're a heterosexual guy and you go to the ball waxing salon <laughs> and say no thanks. She's not good enough. Nope. I want that dude. And you know he's got a hog on him, too. That's a problem. And the other is, I just was at the dentist the other day, and you go to the dentist, and you have this man staring you in the eyes, and he says, I need you to open wider. Ooh, oh, yeah. Open that up. makes you feel dirty. He, <laughs> and so my my mouth doesn't open very big, right? So he so he kept saying, "Is that as is that as is that as wide you can go? Is that as wide?" I'm like, "Dude, stop! This He's is like, real." I know you can do better than that. Open yeah. that mouth up. Let's see what that mouth do. Right? It felt like, like really uncomfortable. <laughs> it's like, "Fuck you, dude! Keep your mouth sh- keep your mouth shut. Just do your dentist shit and leave mine alone." <laughs> oh my god. Uh, all right, so I wanted to uh, use this episode to discuss 9-11 this week as we um, commemorated the 22nd anniversary of uh, of 9-11. And, you know, we've talked briefly about this on the radio show, but I, I haven't really 
had an opportunity to to do this in, in long form, I guess you could say. And that is because uh, there's a t- couple different variables here is that for most of us, I think, uh, you know, for those that listen to this podcast, uh, I think I know my audience pretty well, is that we lived that day. Yes. You know, we, we lived that day and it is one of those days. This is very cliche to say, especially from the radio guy, but, you know, it's one of those days we always remember where we were at, what we were doing, kind of like if you were old enough when the Challenger exploded. Mm-hmm. Remember where you were, what you were doing. You know, uh, when our parents tell the story of when JFK was assassin, uh, yep. assassinated, the first moon landing. These are milestones in history. Whether good, bad, or indifferent, those are things that you will always remember. Mm-hmm. For our generation, 9-11 is the pinnacle, unfortunately. Yes. And so uh, as we get older and as time goes by, we start to see, in my opinion, the watered-down commemoration of mm-hmm. of 9-11. We do. And I was, as much as I don't, you know, so from the old radio show, Steve and I used to talk about this, and he would always say that he actually en- enjoyed watching the week's programming of 9-11. Mm-hmm. And he didn't enjoy it because of the horror and the bad things. Right. He enjoyed it because he and I um, shared being, you know, history buffs. Right. Like, we liked history, and, and we liked to learn about that mm-hmm. stuff. And I, I said I just couldn't do it. I couldn't watch. I understood where he was coming from, but I couldn't do it. It just was not my thing. I watched some yesterday, and I noticed, though, that it was only on the History Channel and Discovery Channel. That's Th- it. That was my point, is this year, mm-hmm. there was a lot less programming. Yep, mm-hmm. absolutely. You know, Now, I don't have cable anymore, and so you, know, you kind of go and see what the streaming services offer, but I didn't see any advertisements or trailers for usually they'll pop up on YouTube videos and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't see any of that. Yeah. I only saw it and I I have cable. I only saw it on history and discovery channel. And I did watch a little bit because there's still some things that every year when those programs come on that I learn or I see, or I know that I hadn't seen or heard prior. Same thing to yesterday. I, I saw a story on that prior. I hadn't heard, you know, these people accounts of them, telling what happened and things like that. So, yeah, I did watch a little bit yesterday. You know, we all tell stories, and occasionally we'll tell those stories numerous times. (laughs) I know I do. Uh, But I think the story of your own personal story for 9-11, you can tell as many times as you want. Definitely, you know, every year on the anniversary. And, you know, this is really the first year, you know, my daughter is 18 now, but this is really the first year that I I think I've had – kind of dove into the dialogue with her mm-hmm. i don't know why you know and remember her father her biological father passed away in combat and i believe he joined because of 9-11 i think that's right uh i could be off but i think yeah. maybe he was too young yeah maybe he was too young I, was he too younger i'm trying to think about the time frame because i know the time frame i don't think it was e- this though e- either no. either way you know that kind of stuff you know bothers her anytime you talk mm-hmm. war and stuff like that mm-hmm. but i was explaining to her i go you know i was you know i was young I was you know this is 22 years ago so i was 26 years old and i was still at the my first radio station xl one of 6.7 in orlando i was producing at the time and i was getting ready to move over to the rock station wjrr mm-hmm. And I remember that morning, so I had an assistant producer, this guy, Jonathan Hyla, also a friend of mine, great guy. And 
he would run the board. I was always terrified to run the board because mm-hmm. I'd always screw it up. I was not very good in that way. That morning, he called in sick, which we all knew was bullshit. Oh, God. We knew that he wasn't coming in because he was hungover. <laughs> and so I had to act as super producer. But I dug those days because it made me look good. Mm-hmm. So I, there were two different rooms to the morning show, the Doc and Johnny morning show. Doc and Johnny and I believe Grace, the, the, the woman on the show at the time, they were in one room and I was in another room. And it was really just me. That day, I was answering phones. I was running the board. I was doing it all. And mm-hmm. I was, you know, contributing and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was doing all great up until, you know. Nine o'clock. Yeah. The first, you know, just uh, just yeah. nine o'clock. And so uh, I, I, we were in a break. We were in a music break or something. And I walked over to the room. And when I walked, we had these, you know, box TVs in the corner. And I walk over and I see this plane hit a tower. Mm-hmm. So in Orlando, like the biggest building, at least at the time, was the SunTrust building, which is not very big. And I was like, oh, my God. I thought that's what the building was. I thought oh, a, okay. a small plane had hit the SunTrust building because the damn TV was so fucking small. Right. right. And you couldn't it's, tell what it was. Right. I couldn't tell what it was. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, uh, go, oh, my God, somebody plane hit the SunTrust building. And I believe Johnny was like, no, 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 this is in New York. This is a World Trade Center. And I, I'm so, I've always been so angry with myself. Not to say, oh, my God, this is a terrorist attack. I was mm-hmm. too young. I didn't know. Right. You know, but Doc on the show was, he was a visionary when it came to those types of things. His intuition was really, really good. If you want to know where I got it today, probably mm-hmm. was passed on from him. He was a little paranoid, very <laughs> intuitive. <laughs> a little bit. So uh, then this, then before, like right before the second plane hits, he goes, this is a terrorist attack. Dang. And then the second plane hits. So we go oh. on the air. We stay on the air like most radio personalities that day. You stayed on the air till as long as you could. Mm-hmm. We were, oh, so you didn't switch over shifts. We got rid of all the commercials. This is war room stuff. Yeah. Nowadays in radio, they probably would not do that. Oh, right. Imagine they, doing it now. Still, we, we got to make sure we get the songs in, guys, and the commercials. <laughs> and, you know, and they wouldn't flip over to the new. It, it's just a different day and age. I don't mm-hmm. think they would. They, I don't think they would do it. I Personally, I don't think they'd do it. But that was, you know, the program director comes in and goes, hey, look, drop all commercials, drop all songs. And we weren't a full-blown talk show. Mm -hmm. Drop it all and go wall-to-wall coverage. So we're going wall-to-wall coverage, and I'm now super producer. So not only now am I freaking out because the world's coming to an end right <laughs> right but now you got to keep it together and answer phones and i gotta look do up news stuff and find people to get on the show yeah dang so i'm not contributing all that much on the air right so i've got one headphone in phone up to my other ear and i'm trying to find people mm-hmm. and i was actually the first person to start to interview the people in venice florida where some of the terrorists trained because that's my old stomping ground, you know, growing up in Sarasota, uh-huh. which is just north of Venice. And so the one of the women that housed one of the terrorists, mm-hmm. I had her on the phone while the CIA, the FBI, and National News showed up at her door. She had to cut the conversation short. Dang. Wow. Talk about breaking news. I got a hold of Osama bin Laden's brother who lived in Orlando. And I got his number, and I called him and was talking to him as the United States federal government was ushering he and his family out to get on a private plane back to Saudi Arabia. He answered the phone? He did. 
and I talked to him. Wow. I still have the dot matrix spreadsheet of all the businesses that he owned in Orlando. You want to talk about scary? Mm -hmm. That dude had like almost 200 businesses. Dang. Spreading that money around. Yeah. And I still have the paperwork for it. You know, so I called the voicemail of uh, Let's Roll Todd, the hero from the Pennsylvania flight that went Mm -hmm. down, the United flight. Yeah. I saw his family on, was like, Good Morning America. And I found his, I was really good at doing this. I found his number. I called it. Do you know that he was not supposed to be on that plane that day? A lot of people weren't supposed to be in places and doing things that happened on that day. Right. You listen to those stories, it's wild. I called his voicemail and how I got his cell phone because I got his home phone. This is Mm -hmm. when you get home phones. And his home phone said, hey, look, I'm going to be in, I think, Boston till this date. And it was a day after. It was like September 12th. So he came back early. And he says, but if you need me, give me a call on my cell. And that's how you got the number. And that's how I got his number. And then I called it. It was... I never could call it back. I called it. Why? I don't know why, but I called it. And it was the most disturbing, one of the most disturbing things I've ever done. I've done something disturbing like that before. I, when I worked at an insurance company after Jennifer Hudson's mother was murdered, I called her phone too and listened to the voicemail. How do you have Jennifer Hudson's mom's voicemail? Because she had a policy with us. Oh, yeah. That I think that's illegal. Yeah. I mean, it is, but I did it. It was a long time ago. So it's I can't still allegedly. go to jail for it now. There's no statute right. of limitations for privacy. <laughs> wow. I hope not. So when I worked at this one place, yeah, you know, I was curious what like the president left as a voicemail. Mm-hmm. So I called him. You know, now that time it was Bill. You know, I was like Bill. <laughs> I only stole ten social security numbers. Yeah. Didn't think it was that big of a deal. Oh. You know, not at all. Yeah, I was like, you know, I knew Putin was going to be a big deal, so I called him. I was like Vlad, it's Nikki. <laughs> Something like that, Big V. Thanks for, by the way, having a policy with us. We appreciate it. <laughs> so anyway, you know, I'm talking to my daughter and I'm telling her my story. Mm-hmm. You know, and I almost get sick of me telling the story because actually I haven't told the full story in a very long time. And she was actually very interested, which oh, it's that's always surprising. Good. Yeah. As a parent, when your kids are interested in your story. Uh-huh. You know, at least you think that they're interested. So, and I did. I really believe that she was interested. But I told her, I said, you know, I, you know, I asked her how how you how you learn about it, how you continuously learn about it. Is their freshman year in college, and you know, they still bring it up and and all those types of things. Um, and uh, and I said, you know, I go bees. You'll never know the feeling in your lifetime. Hopefully, you'll never know this feeling of walking outside the house scared like literally scared of humanity, of the world, and not hearing a plane in the sky. Like, you don't know how many noises. We we got a glimpse of it during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. You know, you still had planes and whatnot, but we got a glimpse of it during the pandemic where you go out on the streets, there's no cars. It felt like we were in an apocalypse. Like, we were, I would be driving to work in the morning and nobody would be on the road with me. Right. It was freaky. Mm-hmm. It was like The Walking Dead, the yes. opening scene of The Walking yes. Dead. Yes. Right? Zombies coming out of you. So that's like the closest thing the younger generation has come to having that feeling of mm-hmm. nine twelve, yes, nine thirteen, nine fourteen, nine fifteen, until we started to get back in the air. Uh, and 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 I said to her, I go, there's also a feeling that I hope, and I pray to God every night that you will get to experience, uh, and I hope to experience it with you. And she goes, what's that? And I said. 
for six to nine months after 9-11, the entire country came together. Yep. We did not see skin color. Mm-mm. We did not see religion. We didn't care what side of the aisle you stood on. Mm-hmm. We just cared about the red, white, and blue. That was it. We did not bash our country. We loved our country. The president, whether you were a Democrat or a Republican with differing views, you still stood behind the president and you respected the office. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's where we were at. So much so that you could not buy American paraphernalia. Nowhere. It was sold out. Right. You couldn't buy flags. You couldn't buy shirts. You couldn't buy... People were actually making stores in malls to sell USA stuff. <laughs> and she looks at me and she goes, Really? Are you serious? That's one of the only times I can think back in my entire adult life that I went to go buy a flag and I couldn't find one. I never even had a, the notion before, like, I'm going to go buy a flag. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't I didn't care about buying anything red, white, blue. It didn't come to me. But at that time, I wanted a flag and I couldn't get one. But she, she was blown away that, that that was real. I was telling her something that she, it was just the look on her face and her response. She just was blown. She thought I think she thought I was lying. <laughs> because I mean, seriously, it's a work. It, yeah, it was yeah. a work because it was it's so unfetched right now. Yeah. So unimaginable mm-hmm. that you could go a day in this country right now and not hear a story of somebody hating someone else to the point where they're going to kill them. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because they have a different belief system. Mm-hmm. Or they're mad or they're boycotting something or some craziness we got going on now. Yep, absolutely. Wasn't happening. Well, and to your credit about, like, you don't realize the sounds that you're, like, bombarded by until they're not there anymore. Mm-hmm. Several people where I'm from all got freaked out and thought that there was more attacks that were going to happen to where we were at because Air Force One came in and it was the only plane in the sky. So, like, people were walking outside of their house. The news reported on it. They thought that something was coming. Like, why would they come and attack Omaha? You know, but actually, that's the first place. The Midwest is the first place for a nuclear attack. That's where the nukes will go because that's where yeah. Strategic Air Command is. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So everybody in Omaha, Nikki D, got those little orange cone things in their hand, and they were mm-hmm. redirecting Air Force One. <laughs> yeah. Go that way. There are thousands of corn huskers <laughs> yes. out in the street telling President Bush at the time. No, Mm-mm. go back east. <laughs> yeah, yeah, get out of here. My buddy had, uh, I was telling Baylor this the other day, my buddy had uh, M16s pulled on him because there's only one corridor on the interstate. Uh, it's 80, right? Mm-hmm. 80 goes down by the Air Force Base and to SAC. And so um, they blocked off all of the on-ramps and his pathway to work took him there because he's just some shithead that cleans cars for a living. He didn't even watch the news. He woke up, got into his car and drove, had no idea that 9-11 had happened. Wow. And he got to the the on-ramp and the, the military stopped him. Turn it around! He's driving this little shitty escort. I'm out of here. There are people that, like, there's a few people that had no idea. Uh-huh. Like, mm-hmm. I remember that day when we finally got off the air. I mean, I was just spent. We all were spent. But I was like, I gotta, I gotta clear my head. So I went to the gym. Mm-hmm. And the gym was right across the street from the radio station. And there, you know, be some people, there was people in the gym that I would see and I, you know, was friendly with. And, you know, you'd think everybody was talking about it. I'll never forget this one woman uh, I had seen. And uh, I was like, can you believe it? I was like, how, you know, you'd ask, how you doing? How, is everything okay? Did you know anybody in New York? And she's like, what are you talking about? 
Dang. And I was like, wow. are you watching any of the 80 televisions above the cardio equipment right now? No. Nope. Right. You know, it was just nuts. And at that time was our first time experiencing media overload. Mm-hmm. Social media wasn't much of a thing. Nope. We did not have Facebook. We did not have Twitter. Definitely didn't have Instagram. MySpace was around, mm-hmm. but that's not how we were ingesting news. Right. It was on a TV. So it was the debut of the ticker. It was the debut of the you know quad windows. Yep. It was the debut of the back and forth. It was all these different things mm-hmm. that were deemed headline or breaking news. Right. You and, know. and at the time, I was working in the mall, so I was a front cashier, and where my my register was was at the front entrance where people come in and out the store of the mall. And I remember I was standing up there, and my manager came out, and she was just like screaming. So we were all like. What's happening? Is somebody robbing us or something? That's what we thought was happening. And she's like, everybody come to the back. Everybody come to the back. And we're like, uh-oh, somebody's robbing us. So I just remember going to the back, and then she has us gather around this TV, and we're seeing the planes hit or whatever. And then uh, there were people in the mall at the time. And then all of a sudden she's like, we're going to have to shut down. We're going to have to leave. We're gonna have to, da, da, da. She's going crazy. So we go back out, and I remember all the people that were in the mall before I walked away from my register, it's like everybody left at the same time, mm-hmm. and it was completely silent. Yeah. I'm like, this is weird. Mm-hmm. And then I just drove home as fast as I could. Like, And in my mind, I'm like looking around like, is some bombs going to come down here? Like, You just don't know what's happening. So I just remember driving home so fast to try to get out of my car because I didn't know what was going to happen. Imagine 19 men shut down the entire country. Yeah. Yeah. You can tell what kind of place Nikki was working at in the mall. Notice that she mentioned... Yeah, I thought somebody was robbing us. <laughs> right, and it was just so blasé. <laughs> you know, but Again. no, but no, it was. Why would she be screaming? You know, you know, it was it was something more serious than that. It was just the end of the world. Yeah, I was like, oh, here we go again. These guys are back. Let's go back. You know, the only good thing is I get to do my nails while we're sitting in the back room. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> she's all like, "Yeah, no big deal." Yeah, I guess we're getting robbed well, we've again. We've never been robbed before, but that's just the first thing that comes to mind when you're working in a store and somebody's screaming. Is that somebody's robbing you? I was like, "All right, Carol, I'll be back in a second." <laughs> Guys are back to rob us. <laughs> do you, oh my gosh! Do you think it's in bad taste? You know, again, my whole thing on conspiracy theories is at one time uh, I, I was all in because it was the opposite of what most people thought. Right. And if you brought it up, I mean, radio is part, you know, thought evoking or evoking of anything and emotion evoking. And it would always tweak people the wrong way. Mm-hmm. So you generate phone calls and back and forth. And, you know, that's what we do. But now everybody believes in conspiracy theories. Yep. Right. So every year on 9-11, the 9-11 truthers and the conspiracy theorists come out of the woodworks mainly on twitter and, and tiktok and tiktok too yeah. mm-hmm. okay so do you think it's in bad taste for these people with you know whatever it is that they think it is to do it and that goes for any conspiracy theory like i don't know you can believe it whatever you want and you can throw stuff out there and yes some of the stuff is kind of fun to listen to and hear and, and i don't doubt that probably some of it is actually true mm-hmm. But these people that do these kinds of conspiracy posts on any anniversary, if there is loss of life and these people have nothing to do with it, the people in the World Trade Center have nothing to do with it, mm-hmm. and you're out there 
with these conspiracy theories instead of honoring, mm-hmm. celebrating their life. Disrespectful. I think it's extremely disrespectful. It's very disrespectful. Agreed. You have all the other days of the year to post all your crazy conspiracy theories. And if 9-11 is one of your conspiracy theories, post it on any other day except the day that people are honoring people that they lost. People, I mean, even for me, 9-11 is, is not only... Um, a thought process of the people that we lost on that day, but all the events that followed after that are significant to my life because I joined the military like immediately after uh, September 11th happened. And I went to boot camp uh, January of the following year, like within months I was gone. I was shipped off and my battle group was the first ones that went over to the Iraqi war. So for me, we were a bunch of kids that most of us signed up because of September 11th. And I went over to Iraq with 13 plus thousand uh, Navy personnel and Marines. And we came back with a lot less than that. And these people went and gave their lives for this country. So for me, when I see people do that, that's disrespectful on multiple levels, not only for the people that lost their lives September 11th, but the people that lost their lives after that, because we went to defend this country. Yeah. Did, was one of your ships, one of the, Ships that was a part of the shock and all that were shooting the. Oh, yes, 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 yes. We were attacked as soon as we got there. My ship was because we carried Marines. I was on an amphibious ship. So our job was to put the Marines on the shore. And that was one of the scariest days of my life. I tell this story often, you know, to my friends and stuff, and they kind of laugh at it because I make it a little comical. But we were pulling up. We were putting the Marines on the beach. And uh, 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 LHD is the second largest ship in the Navy. So it's not small. You can't miss it. And as we were offloading Marines, they started shooting mortars at us. Wow. And me being the person that I am, I wasn't where I was supposed to be during that time. I was skating, as they call it, in the military. So a bunch of us was in our birthing area, and we were asleep. We weren't supposed to be asleep. So when the alarms went off, they're like, general quarters, general quarters, you know, man your battle stations. Normally at the end of that, they always say, this is a drill because you have to practice for the real thing. But at the end of this message, they were like, this is not a drill. We have missiles inbound. So all of us jump out of our racks and we're running around in circles and we're like, oh, my God, we're, we're like being attacked for real. Like this is not play play no more. This isn't training like we're being attacked. So then the captain's calling out where the missiles are coming, what part of the ship is going to hit, and where my station was is what takes on the hits. We have to take the hits on the front of the ship so the back can keep going. So now I have the dilemma, am I going to go to my battle station or am I going to go hide? I don't want to die. I'm only 19. Like I'm going to have all these things going through my mind. And finally I go to my battle station. My chief's yelling and screaming because I'm late and I'm not where I'm supposed to be. And then they tell us to brace for shock. And at that moment, I just start crying. And I just remember I'm sliding down this little wall and I'm being dramatic. And I'm like, I'm too young to die. Why did I do this? I don't want to be blown up by missiles. And my chief's like, you guys got to get yourselves together. He's like yelling at us. And luckily, we didn't blow up because our ship, we shot off our missiles and we, you know, intercepted it in the air. And I'm alive today. But. It's one of the scariest things that I went through in my lifetime, for sure. You know what I'd like to see? What? Nikki jumping out of a wreck. I had to. <laughs> mm, yes. And I, I, I'm assuming you're talking about your breasts. No, I'm Be- talking about where I slip, my bed. Oh, so your racks were in your rack. Uh-huh. Yes. I was like, God, how did she do that? Very blase about this missile thing, right. too. Right. So just, no. Just like the possible robbers at her store. Yeah. Oh, oh. missiles. <sighs> Stupid missile. 
That's what's going to miss them. She, uh, we're shooting off the boat. She's shooting off. Their people are shooting off the boat, and Nikki's in the front of it like the Titanic yelling at them. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Stop shooting your missiles at me. <laughs> not not cussing, but. Right. You bad sons of guns. <laughs> it was pretty scary. Like Lieutenant Dan in Forrest Gump when he's uh-huh. at the top. Of- yes. Bring it on, God. <laughs> you want some of this? <laughs> Also, I was telling my daughter, you know, the events afterwards, like we were so needing to get back to some type of normalcy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the NFL was one of the first sporting events. WWE was one of the first. If you want to hear one of the best renditions of the national anthem live, not record it like Whitney Houston's. Uh, even that woman that did Thursday Night Football mm-hmm. uh, last week, that uh, Grant lady, who I thought did an amazing job. I'm assuming hers was pre-recorded. If it wasn't, that's probably one of the best renditions of the National Anthem I've ever heard. But Lillian Garcia, the former ring announcer for WWE, uh, when WWE aired its first show after 9-11 and all the wrestlers come out, and you've got, you know, this was the heyday. This was rock. This is Stone Cold Steve Austin. Bubba Ray Dudley, my buddy, was there, and he had you know his stuff on his tape, and he shows it to the cameras. And the emotion. People were crying. Oh, yeah. Listen to this. What to proudly we hailed At the twilight's last gleaming Whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight Oh, the ramparts we watched Were so gallantly streaming And the rockets ran clear right. The bombs were stinging in air Gave proof through the night that our flag was still there. That was a good note. Yeah. yeah. That was a good note. Does that star spangle banner yet wave for the land of the free? And just think the feeling, like I'm tearing up just listening to that. I'm glad that I don't don't have to feel alone in that. Yeah, I mean, that is such, you you have to put yourself in that. Don't laugh. Don't laugh, missiles. You you got to put yourself like that's right after 9-11. It's the 13th of September. 13th of September. They decide to do a live show two days afterwards. Crying, I'm gonna cry. I can't look at the video no more. <laughs> <laughs> I was saying His it. Eyes are so glassy oh over God. there. I was saying it metaphorically <laughs> speaking. No, I'm gonna cry. <laughs> I might be actually crying right, right now. He's crying. Just, just look crying. at him. <laughs> you guys shut up. I'm crying His laughing. Face is so red. <laughs> oh, you guys shut up because I cry oh, all the time. This is, so, this is the first time I cried in like two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I am 
look. I'm really crying. I have tears running down my face. We know you're really crying. That's well, why I'm it's so crying. funny. I'm crying love <laughs> Now you got Bailey crying. Now everybody's in here crying. Everybody crying. See what you started, Nelson? <sighs> Nobody doesn't have time for this. <laughs> Trying to get through some a show here, okay? Oh you want everybody God. to cry. Uh, I'm crying because you're Jeez. actually crying. <laughs> <laughs> Is that like the worst ever? Like I'm laughing, crying at somebody sad, crying. Oh my God! A lot of crying going on. God Almighty! Crying game. Oh my God! That's hilarious. So that was like uh, the big question for entertainment: Is when do you go back? When can you? Mm-hmm. Late night television really struggled with that. Because, which, and, and so did radio. Mm-hmm. You know, when could you start making jokes? When did you think right. your audience, when did the country want to laugh again? Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like an overall consensus of somebody's got to do it. Right. It's not going to be like this forever. How do we get back to laughing at things? Right. It was really difficult. It was really difficult to do radio. It was really difficult to, to do conversation off the air. Well, half the late night programs are filmed in New York. Right. It's just the Tonight Show that's in California. Oh, so okay. Conan mm-hmm. is in was in New York at the time. Letterman's in New York. I think even the the late program on on whatever the Tonight Show's on. I can't remember what affiliate it is, but even that late late program I think is filmed in New York. So uh, you know to see shows like WWE. And, you know, uh, football, you know, the the Saints game where Green Day and U2 performed, Saints come marching, mm-hmm. and in the backdrop had uh, all the victims of 9-11 uh, scrolling or was written down. Mm-hmm. Probably one of the best performances, you know. Or no, yeah, 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 yeah. That, that, right, I'm right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not mixing that up with, with uh, Katrina, right? No, 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 no. No. Yeah, they did both. Did they do both? I don't remember the Katrina one. I remember 9-11. I think because Katrina, I think they also, I think they also said, maybe it was you 2 that did it, and, and, and Billy Joe Armstrong joined them. But they might have been the same bands that did it for Katrina, too, because the Saints went on to win the Super Bowl that year. You want to talk about the NFL being scripted. Hmm. <laughs> right? A little disappointed in the NFL week one with their, it, it, what I saw. Now, I could totally be missing it, and I've said this, last couple days on the radio show too is I didn't think the tributes were there. They were not there at all. At all. At all. Now again, I don't watch football, but I did watch TV yesterday specifically to look for that and see if okay, are we missing it? Are they there? They were not on any channel with the exception of History and Discovery when I looked. Now if they had they were on later in the day, I didn't see it, but when I looked, they were not there. And like I said on on the radio program, it would have been a great opportunity because there was a commercial with Roger Goodell in it, and they talked about how 9/11 is either going to become or has become, which is news to me, the day of giving everybody do a charitable contribution in the name of those that lost their lives during Mm -hmm. 9-11. And to me, that not only includes New York uh, and at the Pentagon Mm -hmm. and and those that are on the flights, but also the men and women that served our country that lost their their lives in battle. Mm -hmm. I was like, that's a really good idea, but why why is the NFL not doing something for at least the first weekend – of the NFL season where you have special cleats, jerseys, hats, shirts, sell them with, uh, you know, proceeds um, going to the families. Right. 
something like that because it was over 3,000 people that lost their lives. You're never going to run out of things to give to when it comes to 9-11. You know, I know where they do stuff for the, they have a military month and all the camo stuff mm-hmm. and that helps out the military. But look, if you're going to, if, if we're going to be this compartmentalized with, you know, this the, these people get a month and these people get a day and these people get a week and all these other things, why would you not do it for the biggest attack on American soil in our lifetime. It's just, it doesn't make any sense to me. So I was a little disappointed in that, but other than that, um, you know, that's kind of what I wanted to to bring up. I, you know, get bits and pieces on the radio show, but the nine 11 stuff, I could go on and on and on about it. Um, just because I, I think it's important for those of us that lived that day to, to have the conversation with our kids and mm-hmm. people that didn't live the day like we did. Right. You know, to, to, to say the things that we just said on this podcast, you know, to to to, to give off the emotion to, there's gonna to come, cry when you hear the national anthem. Right. Like, no, I can't cry did, again. You know, because there's going to come a day during our lifetime where somebody's going to say, Are, is there anybody still alive who was here during a 9-11 attack? Sure. Right. Like how they do with Pearl Harbor. So yeah. it's like. We're going to be in that group of people at some point. So the more we continue to share it and talk about it and stuff like that, people will know. They'll be able to find this (sighs) podcast one day and say, oh, these people told stories from 9-11 that were there. Most important. You okay? I'm good now, yeah. Baby man crying? Yeah, well, when you started bringing up the the U2 and all that, and I was thinking about that, I was going to cry. So I'm glad you didn't steer too hard into that. So if you're trying to pull the music down, let's talk about U2 for a second. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> gonna make you cry. Well, because it's just a tribute, and you started talking about. No, I'm not gonna do it. Started talking about the names. Oh, goodness. With or without you. <laughs> oh, don't you dare. With or without you. Don't you dare. I'm fine, baby. I'm fine. Sunday, bloody Sunday. No, no. <laughs> I wish I had lyrics for other YouTube songs. I wish I had a YouTube song right now. I could join in and sing. All right. Uh, Please, if you don't already, uh, if you're in the, obviously, Sacramento area, listen Monday through Friday, 6A to 10A Pacific time on 98 Rock. Uh, You can stream us if you're not in the area. If you get the Odyssey app or thebaileyshow.com and always get the podcast for the radio show, the same place you're getting the BS Uncensored. We appreciate the support. Oh, by the way, if I could ask a favor, and I'll also post this on social media too. If you got, because, you know, the podcast is numerous places. If you could go to the Apple podcast version and give us a good rating, because mm. there's a couple douchebags on there that went there and just trashed me. And so it brings the rating down. And it's right. like, because this is a newer podcast, mm-hmm. there's it's only really like, affected. It's, yeah, there's only like a couple things there. Mm-hmm. So if you guys, you two percenters, please, you know, hook it up. And for those that don't know what it means to be a two percenter, that's somebody that supports the program. And we have a private Facebook group. So just search the BS Two Peers on Facebook and you'll be asked to join and uh, I'll approve you. You can bada get boom, bada bam. Yeah. All right. Uh Nikki D, what you got? Never forget. There you go. Nelson. USA. USA. Whoa. USA. Can you oh my gosh. There he goes. <laughs> All right, for everybody, thanks for uh, supporting the BS Uncensored podcast, FBI Fridays, and also the radio show. Until next week, have a good one. We'll talk then. And bye. Get off my lawn.
Here's old man Kevin, and the BS is done for right now. Please share, like, and support. TheBaileyShow.com Now, get out of here.